So wait, where are you, Tom Gamboa? Well, that's okay. I, I'm on the golf course, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you said <laughs> you were you were you were at par through five, and I thought, well, maybe he's just playing nine holes. No, but but we're we're, we're good. This is this is this is fine. I'm with, I'm with actually I'm with friends today, and uh, it's it's kind of a practice round. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it was my fault for not clarifying the whether we were talking East Coast or Pacific Coast time. Well, it's perfectly okay. You're out there on the Pacific Coast having a great round of golf. We're going to let the next foursome play through while we just chat for just a couple of minutes about our favorite topic, baseball. All right, that's fine with me. There you go. So now you've got a new book coming out, and I wanted to start with that. So can you tell us a little bit about the book? Just give us like the three-minute breakdown of what it's all about, and then we'll get into stories and stuff like that. Okay. Well, as, as you know, managing the Brooklyn Cyclones the last three years, we, because it's New York and Brooklyn, uh, we had like five different newspapers cover us. And one of the young writers, a young guy named David Russell, kept badgering me about writing a book. And I told him I couldn't write a paragraph, let alone a book. But he wanted to write a book. And he said, you know, with you having over 40 years in baseball, you must have a ton of stories. And I said, I do, and my family and friends like him, but I said, I'm not anybody famous. Nobody would ever read it. And bottom line is, he badgered me for about oh, a good six months and finally talked me into letting him turn his tape recorder on, and I gave him two hours, and he sent it to a publisher, and the next thing I knew, I got a call from a publisher in North Carolina, and they said that they were going to send us a contract that they were interested in. Uh, so basically, for a year... About one or two hours a week, David turned his tape recorder on, asked me questions, and so basically, it's a it's a story uh, called "My Life in Baseball" by Tom Gamboa. But it, it's it's more for baseball fans what a life in baseball was like, and having worked for eleven different organizations during my career and and scouting for ten years, now I got an opportunity to see people like Sean Dunstan and Barry Bonds when they were in high school from a scouting standpoint, projecting what they were going to do on down the road. And and then, of course, when I went into development, I managed at every level from rookie league to low A, high A, double A, triple A, and was fortunate enough to have a pennant winning team at every level, including seven of my 10 years of winter ball in Latin America. And so it's, it's a lot of, a lot of baseball stories that baseball fans, I think would find interesting, uh, one of my years in Puerto Rico, I got to manage Ken Caminiti before America knew who he was. He was a Triple A player in the Houston Astros organization, and and uh, you know he was vital in leading us to a championship into the Caribbean World Series down in Puerto Rico. And then, of course, in my big league tenure, I was fortunate enough to be the third base coach for the Cubs in the late '90s and in the '98 season, particularly with. Terry Wood struck out 20 when Sammy mm -hmm. Sosa hit 66 home runs. Uh, you know, us being in a wild card race, which we beat the Giants in a one-game playoff to get in. It's, it's stories from somebody that was in the dugout rather than in the stands on kind of the insides about baseball. And uh, so uh, I was surprised that the publisher wanted to publish it because, like I say, the people that know me, my family and friends, have always been interested in the stories, but apparently they felt that that it had enough interest for baseball fans in general, and so we'll see what happens. So it's supposed to, this supposed to guy, come out 
in the fall. There's got to be one nugget that you could share with them. I mean, something had to grab their attention. Was there? Is there any like specific little story? Maybe a little nugget you could, you could. Uh, well, yeah, I think. Well, one of the things that interested me my whole life was that I, I knew when I was ten I was going to spend my life in baseball. That was my my passion. And at, when I was in high school, the the brothers at the uh, that taught at the Catholic high school that I attended, they had season ticket box seats to Dodger games. And so, as a high school senior, I sat in the first row behind home plate on September 9th of 1965 and watched Sandy Koufax throw a perfect game against the Chicago Cubs. And 20, 33 years later, in '98, Billy Williams was my locker mate. Wow. And 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 uh, when Kerry Wood struck out twenty, Mark Grace was running up and down the clubhouse saying, "We all got to see the greatest game ever pitched." Uh-huh. And Billy Williams, Billy Williams calmly turned around. And he said, "Gracie, this might have been the second best." <laughs> and I, t- I turned to Billy and I said, "I was at that game. Mm-hmm. I was at the game you're referring to when Kofax threw a no hitter. I mean, a perfect game." I said, "What was that like?" And Billy's a very humble guy. He looked at me and he said, "Tommy." He said, you know, I was a pretty damn good player when I played. I said, no shit, you're in the Hall of Fame. You hit 426 home runs. And he said, I actually had some good days against Koufax, but he said, that night, nobody has ever lived that will throw a baseball harder than that man did. He said, we were hopelessly overmatched to the point that I said that facing him that night was like trying to drink your morning cup of coffee with a fork. That's how much chance we had of hitting him. And two years later, I was managing the Dodgers AAA team in Albuquerque. And one night when Lasorda was telling stories around the commissary after dinner, Claude Osteen jumped in, and he told about the best game he ever saw pitched. And I knew right away it was going to be a third perspective on the same game. And listening to Claude say that that in the last six outs, Koufax told uh, Jeff Torborg, who was catching him, don't, no signs for these last six hitters. If someone's going to get a hit off me, they're going to earn it. And, and, and Torborg said, Sandy, i got to mix in a curveball once in a while just to keep them off balance. And Sandy says, if you want me to change speeds, we'll change off my fastball. I'm going to start adding to it. And, and Osteen said, I never saw a human being, including Bob Gibson, ever throw as hard as what he was throwing, and now he was saying he was going to add to it. Wait, hold on. And he struck... And he struck out the last six guys in a row of that game. And it was all it was all fastballs. Yeah, yeah. That's hard to believe because you think at some point someone would literally just get a fastball that he could hit. Yeah. Well, he his ball rose. I mean, they, they, I know these scientists say a ball can't rise, but his <laughs> his did. I mean, it was for people that are old enough in my age bracket in their sixties and seventies to have watched him throw. It, it, it really was incredible. I mean, when you look at his statistics from 61 to 66, I don't know that anybody has ever matched. I mean, we're talking about striking out 383, I believe, mm-hmm. one year. Yeah. You know, thro- throwing over 250 innings in a four-man rotation and ha- having records like 27 and 5. Yeah. Now, just, just so you know, Tom, I- I'm a Jew, and I grew up with a, a, a Brooklyn Dodger fan as a father. He always talks about Koufax this, Koufax that. I always used to point out the first six seasons of Koufax's career were very mediocre. So what happened? Was it the, the, the pepper spray that he used to put on his arm, they say? What, what, how did he just turn no, it around? No, 
uh, actually, I, I believe that, that he gave the credit to Johnny Roseboro that, that Koufax threw so hard, much like a legendary guy with the Orioles named Steve Dalkowski that mm-hmm. Earl Weaver used to r- r- mention in his book that could throw a ball through the backstop screen, but he couldn't find home plate. Mm. But Roseboro, Roseboro told Koufax that he didn't need to max out in his delivery, and he wanted him to try to hit the, his two pitching fingers on his left hand. He, he wanted him to try to, to literally scrape the dirt in his follow-through so that he was bend his back and throw downhill because he used to miss high so much, and all of a sudden, once he found it, Dolan Ryan was much the same way. He was very wild mm. early in his career with as many with, walks with as strikeouts. Mets, with the Mets, yeah. Once yeah. both guys found it, they, they ended up having pinpoint control, and of course, with their phenomenal stuff, they both became legendary Hall of Famers and put up amazing statistics. But Sandy was the best that I ever saw in, in my lifetime, and and, and and then having worked for the Dodgers and getting to beat him in Dodger Town, what a humble, nice gentleman that he is too. I mean, just just he's like your like your next door neighbor. You'd never know what he did unless you asked him about it. Well, that's what happens when you grow up in Brooklyn. So, apparently, you wrote an entire uh, chapter or so on on the on on Sandy. But uh, you did spend some time with the with the Cyclones. You were the longest tenured Cyclones manager. Do you did you write anything about those days? Uh, yeah, there's a few things about the, about the, you know, I, I was actually retired and Paul D. Podesta, who was the vice president at San Diego when I worked with him with the Padres, Paul had called me back in 14 and, uh, to tell you the truth, I didn't even hesitate. I, I, I told him I was flattered that he called me, but I had been retired for two years and was loving retirement. I, I love golf as much as baseball. And so, uh, uh you know, I, I said, I thanks, but no thanks. And he said, well, I'm going to let you think about it for a week because I'm going to call you back. And when he did, uh, I think my competitive juices and the fact that I was uh, so flattered and respectful of him, uh, I went and did it, and I'm glad I did because Brooklyn is a – I mean, I had never spent much time in New York other than when I was with the Cubs and the Royals, and we used to come in and once in a while get an off day and I'd get a chance to see a Broadway musical. But as far as living there – uh, right in Brooklyn and getting a chance to really see and experience the city of Manhattan and Brooklyn uh, in the summertime. Oh, my gosh, it was a fantastic experience. And we have a beautiful ballpark uh, there at MC Metropolitan Credit Union Ballpark. And uh, I, I, I enjoy every, well, I enjoyed it to the point that I did it for three years before I decided to retire for good. So you know, it was a great experience. You know, the good thing about you, Gamby, is um, you left the Cyclones before. The, they, I don't know if you've been back to the stadium, but there's like a stench in that stadium now. And it's the team this year. What is going on with the Cyclones? They stink without you. And I, you could, you're <laughs> retired. You can say whatever you want to say. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I I didn't follow the draft. I don't know. Well, I don't know whether the Mets went for position players or pitching or a combination or, or what have you. But uh, you know, as I, I left Fonzie a message a few days ago, they they pulled out a nice three to two win over State College, which always the Cardinals always have a good team. And I I didn't get a chance to talk to Fonzie, but I left him a message congratulating him on that particular win. And I said, hey, just hang in there. I know you're off to a rough start. I think they're seven and twenty. Oh. as of today, but I, I, I said you can only manage the talent that you got and just stay positive, as I'm sure you and your coaches will, 
And the goal, especially at the rookie league level, is to get the players better. So hopefully what I'm counting on is I follow them every day. I'm hoping that the second half that they improve and, and pick up the winning percentage. Wow. So I, I'm kind of shocked that you actually are still following the team, but it's it's good to hear that you're doing it. And you should, of course, be reading about all the games in the only place you can, which is brooklynpaper.com. That, that was a little plug there, Gamby. Yep. I know that the Vince and I were talking earlier at the minor league level, I know the team is 7-20, and 20, but as a manager, your job is just to make the players improve as individuals even more than as a team, right? I mean, it's, losing a game may not matter if, if, if the players are getting better. That, that, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it, basically, I call it the minor league level. It's a combination of you're trying to build team chemistry, and since you're going to be together for three months, it's always more fun when you're winning. But at the same time, it's an individual development trying to get players ready for the next level. And it's a credit to the manager and the coaching staff anytime a player in midseason gets promoted to the next level because that means he's accomplished what the organization wanted where he's at, and it's time for him to move up. All right, now I got it. And, uh, you know, I was going to say, I, I follow all the Met teams because in my three-year tenure, I've got players at every level that I manage from the big leagues uh, where Conforto is at, and hopefully Rosario is going to be there, I'm hoping, any day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all the way through AAA, AA, and on down. So it, it's, it's fun to follow their progress. So, Gamby, I was in the owner's box at City Field last night. I don't want to tell you how I got in, but it was uh, quite a harrowing ordeal. Anyway, I was sitting with Jeff Wilpon, and I said to Jeff, you got to bring Tebow Tim Tebow, of course, to Brooklyn. And he said to me, well, that would be a demotion for Tebow because he's in the full season A. But you know, as a manager at the Cyclones level, that's actually a promotion. He'd be playing before 6,000 people every night, screaming fans. Should should the Mets, at this point, give Tebow a couple of months in Brooklyn, season him up? A cup of coffee in Brooklyn, if you will. Well, uh, all, all of us that are partial to Brooklyn, and certainly the front office, I have no doubts that... Uh, uh, that, that Steve and Kevin uh, running the club would would have loved for him to come there because it's already, uh, you know, I followed him uh, at Columbia, and my gosh, they were drawing five, six, seven thousand a game the first half when he was playing at Columbia before they moved him up to. Uh, but but at his age, at near thirty, uh, you know, Jeff is right. You know, you, you don't want to be sending him backwards for publicity's sake and to get big crowds in Brooklyn when their goal is to try to see how far they can push him upwards this year. And, and of late, I saw, I saw the other night where he hit a game, a walk-off home run at Port St. Lucie. And, uh, gosh, I think he's driven in uh, 12 runs in, like, the 14 games that he's played there or something. So, you know, he, he's being productive, and, and, he, and it's bringing people into the ballpark. But, it, but you're right. It's too bad that, that maybe – at the very beginning of the season that he couldn't have played there for a, a, a couple of weeks. I have no doubts they would have they would have drawn nine, ten thousand people a game had he played there. But it's too bad. I mean the churches alone would have would have bust people in there. <laughs> You're probably right. There you You're go. probably right. All right. All right, well Gamby, we gotta let you go. We appreciate you coming on. So your book is coming out later uh, this year. It's going to be yeah, called. In the fall. It's going to be called yep. Tom Gamboa: My Life in Baseball. It's written with former Brooklyn paper reporter David Russell. He did work That's for right. us. He was doing that on our dime, so uh, we're happy to play a part in that. And 
Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, every time we need to talk about the Cyclones, you're the guy we're going to give a call to because we know okay. you're keeping a sharp eye out on them. And uh, good luck in your golf game out there. Okay. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry. I mixed up on the time, but we, we, I'm glad we uh, we connected. Thanks for having me. Just, all right. Just keep okay. your head down. Just oh, keep your head down. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. But, the, you know, he should. we should have gotten some golf tips from Gamboa because I, at this <laughs> That's point— That's our next show. That's our inside golfing show. Guys. All right. got to get out. Vince, I don't know if you're aware— after the show, usually, J- Jimmy, you don't know this because we don't let you come with us, but Vince and I always have a drink. And you know where we're going tonight, Vince? Where are we headed? We are going to the Brooklyn Pizza Crew at Bergen. That's right. A pie-only outpost with Nino Coniglio. He's going to toast us with some beer and some pizza, and next week we're going to have him on the show. That's how it works. You give us pizza, you're on the show. It's really that simple. In this case, usually it's the Brooklyn Paper Radio Bounce. This, In this case, he's giving us the bounce, and then we're going to put him on the show. So we got to get out. We want to thank our sponsors, of course, Village Care Max and Dr. Joseph Lichter, who's like the greatest dentist ever and uh-huh. cheap. Uh-huh. Vince, you're a handsome man. I'm Gersh Kunstman. we got to thank Gilly. we got to thank uh, Colin Mixon. And, sure. of course, our producer, Jimmy. And Dick Dady of Citizens Union, Tom Gamboa, former manager of the Cyclones. We're going to play us out with a little of that Jimmy and the Revolvers music. No, that's the uh, that's not Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>